What AFC East receiver are fantasy owners forgetting about in the mid-rounds? Are FFPC players letting a former fantasy 101 slip too far in drafts? And should you be taking the 2020 first overall pick over the 2018 first overall pick in the NFL draft? Plus 2018 world champion freestyle wrestler David Taylor hangs out with us before his big match tomorrow night to talk about what he's seen so far in his football guys draft this summer so far. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Let's begin now. New cologne on. Feeling so good. Change the color to my phone. Orange Kool-Aid go good with Patron. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is indeed the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to discuss what Bengals wideout we like most in 2020, how important it is for Chris Carson owners to grab Carlos Hyde, and Olympic hopeful and former world champion wrestler David Taylor drops in to talk about Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore, and preparing for his huge match against Miles Martin tomorrow night. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. Uh, if you want to connect with us on Twitter, at HSFFHour, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. Uh, you can follow David on Twitter at MagicMan underscore PSU. Facebook.com slash HSFFHour is where to reach us. And 347-426-3682, 347-GAME-OBA is where you can reach us. The audio engineer and my best friend Bryce and our producer and our mutual friend Rob are answering all the emails at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us or for David, send those in right now. We'll try to get to all of them, uh, including tweets and uh, chat room questions in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I want to bring in tonight's guest right now. He's a four-time NCAA All-American and Big Ten champion and two-time NCAA champion. He is one of only four wrestlers in history to win the Hodge Trophy twice, which is given to the nation's best collegiate wrestler. You can watch this 2018 world champion freestyle wrestler on flowwrestling.org tomorrow night when he will attempt to keep his top rank status intact in the 86-kilogram category when he takes on sixth rank Miles Martin. He is here tonight to break down his football guys drafts he's done so far this season right now. You follow him on Twitter at magicman underscore PSU. Please welcome in the magic man himself, David Taylor. David, thanks so much for making some time for us tonight on the eve of a big match for you, man. Yeah, thank you, guys. I'm, uh, I'm super excited to be here. So I, this is exciting to have you, obviously. Uh, I think this, we've, we've had one Olympian on before. Hopefully uh, you, you can um, make it to Tokyo next year, and we could say we had two Olympians on. We know that, that you're always training um, for your craft and, and wrestling. How did you find time to, to get into fantasy football, and how did you find the FFPC, David? 
I started, uh, my brother-in-law got me a fantasy football, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago. And uh, I, I typically get consumed by things really quickly. Like if I'm involved in something, I'm all in. And, uh, you know, I got involved with fantasy football and I drafted Andrew Luck that first year. I bought an Andrew Luck jersey. I'm like, man, this is fun to root for. Um, then, you know, then the next year I was, I was much more committed. Um, you know, obviously fast forward now, um, I got into the league with a couple of buddies of mine. And at the end of the year, they say, hey, you know, we get in this FPC league next year. You should join us. I'm like, all right, great. So this is now my third year in FPC. Um, it's definitely been a learning lesson. It's way different than redraft leagues. Um, I think one of the things that, that I do is, you know, I, I, I'm, I try to be pretty proactive, listen to podcasts. Um, but I stay real active on the waiver wire, but I love trading. I'm, like, constantly trying to, like, negotiate trades all the time. So in FPC, you know, that has been one of the things that's been the biggest adjustment for me is realizing, man, this draft is super important. Um, the obviously waiver wire is thin, and you have to really stay ahead. Um, but your draft has got to be really important. It's interesting, too, because I think wrestling is, is such a sport where you can't blame anybody else. It is just you versus, uh, you, you know, whoever you're wrestling. And, and for fantasy football, at least for the Football Guys Players Championship, you can't rely on anybody else for trades. It's all about how you draft. It's all about how you set your lineup, how you manage the waiver wire. There's probably some, some correlation there that be, between wrestling and fantasy football, right, David? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think wrestling has kind of taught me that, you know, to, to be great, you know, in my wrestling, I've been doing it for such a long time. Like it's, it's such a dedication. And, and I, I share like a lot of same. I joke with my friends all the time. Like, you know, fantasy football is definitely my, my second biggest hobby. One biggest hobby outside of my job, you know, professional being a wrestler. Um, and I, I spent a lot of time into it, you know, just trying to look into it as much as possible, but yeah, it's a direct correlation. I mean, so many players just fizzle out at that time. You know, they get to like, they have that first four or five good weeks, you know, now I'm like, that's when I excel. Now I'm going to definitely, I'm going to dig deep and I'm going to keep, you know, trying to find players that have promising schedules moving forward, try and find waiver wire guys a couple weeks ahead. But FBC is a different beast. I mean, you're playing against the best of the best, um, which is exciting. You know, to be able to have the opportunity to play against some pros and guys that you listen to and see on Twitter, um, you know, really kind of challenge yourself, which is kind of exciting. Right. I don't know. Before I ask you, I have to ask at least one or two wrestling Okay, questions. go ahead. Yeah, fire so away. Before I ask uh, about the football guys' drafts, so in, in, do you wait, have you weighed in already for the match tomorrow night, or do you actually do it right beforehand? How, is that how, you're, how do so you guys do it? So this is a little bit different. So this is kind of our first real uh, pay-per-view type match that we've had in wrestling where there's been a lot of resources put into it, um, you know, similar to like, you know, when you watch UFC and the UFC cards. So we're down in Austin, Texas sure. right now, um, and we're getting ready to wrestle tomorrow. So, you know, typically I wrestle 86 kilos, which is 189 pounds. Uh, tomorrow, you know, there's weight allowances and with guys going off quarantine. So I'm wrestling at 200 tomorrow. So, there's not really much weight management. So we weigh in three hours before the event. Um, and really it's about just the performance, you know, getting out there and, and giving wrestling people the first live event that they're going to see since March 15th, um, which actually was the last time that I wrestled. So it's uh, typically weight management. You weigh in an hour before you start competing in the international level. Um, so this is a little bit different, you know, not really a lot of weight to be done here, but it's definitely usually a pretty big aspect to what we do. Yeah, so that's interesting. So normally if this was a, a different type of event, you'd be, you know, cutting and trying to, you know, keep your calories low. But you can't, you can't do it kind of – you can't you really do the fluid management probably like the UFC guys where they go way super low and then add 20 pounds because you just wouldn't be able to perform. Is that – that's correct? Some guys still cut a lot of weight. Um, you know, just in the Olympics, there's only six weight classes. Um, but, you know, they're between, you know, 20 – 20, like for example, the weight below me is 23 pounds lighter um, than the weight that I, or I'm sorry, 26 pounds lighter than the weight that I wrestle. Um, so there's a pretty wow. big gap. So if you're a 
you know, you have to make a decision. Am I going to go up or am I going to go down? Um, so, yeah, there's definitely a lot of weight management because, it, you know, in the UFC, um, it's, it's 24-hour wins. There's a lot more weight that's cut. It's, it's done in a different fashion. You know, for us, like, on a typical day, you know, I would have eaten dinner tonight and going to bed, and I would wake up early before weigh-ins tomorrow morning, um, and I would work out before weigh-ins, weigh-in, and then get ready for my tournament, get ready for four or five matches tomorrow afternoon. Um, but tomorrow, you know, I weigh in at 4 o'clock. It's not really much a weigh-in. And then uh, we start – I think the card starts at uh, 7 Central Time, 8 o'clock Eastern Time. That's awesome. It's, it's, yeah. it's just so, super interesting. It is very interesting. All right. So, I, you know, I can keep, I can go on and on and on. That's really fascinating. Hopefully you had some Twinkies or something today. Or <laughs> QQs, whatever, whatever you want. Um, all right. So looking at some of your football guys for ass, uh, this season, David, it seems like you've really diversified your rosters. Did you, did you do that on purpose? Um, trying to stay differentiated just, you know, with the COVID-19 going on, you wanted to kind of spread your, uh, spread the wealth a little bit. I think so. You know, I, uh, you know, I, I think what I kind of, well, I don't know the answer because I haven't really done super well in FBC last year. But I, what I learned last year is I had a team that was eight and two. Um, we, it was a solid team, but it just we didn't have a lot of upside. Like we were winning weeks, but we didn't have the high scoring weeks. We ended up eight and four and missed the playoffs. And I'm like, man, that's that's tough. What do we what do we miss? Kind of reevaluating from there. We just you know the way that's built, you know the way guys go out the scoring system is you know if, yeah you have the best record you make it in, but you need players that have the big upside weeks to be able to get um, get in and be able to continue long term. So you know this year my philosophy has been like hey let's I want to get some stability. You know my I like the kind of the one running back approach. Um, trying to get a stud running back early if, if I can, and then fill with upside. And I like wide receivers. Um, I think they they're a little bit more durable. I think they can give me that upside, especially this year with the. Uh, I just feel like there's a lot of uncertainty. Once you get past, you know, those first five or six running backs, you know, you get Travis Kelsey in the first round, um, you get some of those high-end wide receivers. That Once you start getting those next tier of running backs, second round, third round, it just it seems to be like there could be a lot of timeshares this year with COVID. There's a lot of uncertainty, where I think with wide receivers, a little more um, target volume. Hopefully, if I can get the wide receivers correctly, um, it gives me that, that opportunity, that upside, and hopefully give me a chance to be playing a little bit longer than we fall this year. We're talking with the Magic Man, David Taylor, the 2018 World Champion Freestyle Wrestler uh, here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. David, it doesn't seem that long ago that Le'Veon Bell was being taken at the 101 in plenty of high stakes drafts, and then he soured people when he sat out the whole season. And then last year, after he got paid, really didn't perform up to snuff, at least for what a lot of people who drafted him thought he would do. Uh, Right now, I look at drafts and over the last four days, and we want to thank Fantasy Mojo, Darren Armani, uh, for putting that uh, ADP together, fantasymojo.com. Make sure you check it out. Um, He's slipping to the 403 right now. Is that too far for Le'Veon Bell, or is that a spot you can get on board with taking him right there? You know, we I just took I just took him recently in one of my last drafts, and it was one of those positions. I'm looking at the running backs. I'm like, okay, where are we at right now? We got guys that are in timeshares. We got guys we're kind of uncertain about. Um, you know, Le'Veon, I like start looking down like, oh, Le'Veon Bell's on the board as a low end running back too. You know, and I I think I don't remember the exact stat, but I mean, last year as bad as he was, I think that's about where he was. So I'm like, okay, well, you got to assume this year I think the Jets can be a little bit more improved. He has his pass catching, which is going to give him a nice floor. He gets a couple more touchdowns. Like, I got to think that he's going to outperform where he's been drafted at. So I felt like he was a pretty safe option. I think he, I think he's a guy that could still, you know, have the opportunity to, to be, I don't know if he's a top 12 back anymore, but I think, you know, he's a guy that can get, um, you know, higher end running back two numbers. And it was worth the risk at that point with the safety and still have some moderate upside. Yeah, I love Le'Veon Bell this year. Do you really love him at the fourth round? Yeah. Just because of the volume aspect and he's going to 
Yeah, like you said, I mean, he's got it. He has a he has a he could be a mid level RB one possibly. Yeah. I mean, his, his low where he's being drafted to me is kind of his floor. I mean, it's kind he's of, got so much volume. It's kind of funny because you know he catches passes. Who are the other two main guys that the Jets added this year? Rashad Perriman, who only shows up for December essentially, and a rookie in Denzel Mims. So largely, it is the same guys as last year. Bell's going to be counted on heavily for pass catching this year, Dave. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about the the glorious Washington team. What are we? Washington football team. Yeah, those guys. Uh, uh, Terry McLaurin. He had a great rookie season. Do you think he's going to have a you know a second year player? Do you think he's going to actually make a step forward with Dwayne Haskins, or, or what do you think of Terry McLaurin? I'm excited about Terry McLaurin. Um, that's the guy that every time I'm getting to like that fourth, fifth round mix, I'm like, where's Terry? Terry, Terry and DJ Clark are the two guys. DJ, DJ Clark are two guys that I really like this year. And I, I think that McLaurin gives a little, a little more upside potential because he can, he can break the long touchdowns. Um, but I think for, for both those guys, it's going to be, you know, their quarterback play, but how many touchdowns are they going to score? You know, if, if we, if they can break into that six, seven, eight touchdown mark, um, I think they can definitely be wide receiver ones. This year, I think that both of them could see pretty good volume, uh, especially with uh, Harmon just getting hurt. Um, I do like Sims later in the draft. I think that he's a good opportunity. If something were to happen to McLaurin, I think Sims is a great hedge that you can get way late in drafts. Um, I think he can have some value as well. But Haskins is going to be a big determination of that. You know, how, how well, you know, I know there's been kind of player talk, coach speak about Haskins making improvements this year. Um, but I'm willing to buy that. You know, they have that chemistry when they play at Ohio State, and I think it's a risk that I'm willing to take at that round for sure. Talking with David Taylor here, the uh, world championship, uh, excuse me, world champion freestyle wrestler in 2018. David, um, as you pointed out, for any of the listeners out there, it's that four or five turn where Chark and McLaurin are going essentially back to back as wide receiver 20 and wide receiver 21. So there is a, a good a bit of upside there as you look at drafting those guys. I want to shift the focus here to, to the tight end position. There seems to be a big four in the Football Guys Players Championship this year. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Zach Ertz, Mark Andrews seem to be, for the most part, going as the top four. And then there's a little bit of a drop off to Darren Waller. How important to you is it to get one of those uh, top four tight ends in this tight end premium format in your leagues in 2020? It's an interesting question. Um, I just recently took Kelsey in, per, in the first round in one of my last drafts, and I feel like I wanted to have the, uh, at least one draft where I had a premium tight end because I, I just don't really see myself in the second, third, fourth round taking one of those guys when um, I, I, I just haven't figured out the tight ends side of it I, I feel like you know that the, maybe the key is if you can't get one of those guys you got to find the, the Darren Wallers where you can get them later and really outperform and, and tight end is such a interesting position um you know I used to always think that you could stream it but it's a little it's becoming a little bit more difficult to stream kind of the haves and the half not so um to answer your question I mean this is the first time I think in all my drafts I've really had a premium tight end we'll kind of see how that worked I felt like it made it a little bit harder as I got as I got down in the draft with some depth in a couple different positions, but those guys make up for it. I mean, they with the with the premium numbers, they can give they can definitely provide obviously a great floor, but a ton of upside. So I was actually going to ask you guys, like, what 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 is your philosophy on drafting tight ends in this league? I mean, I, I'm definitely interested and curious what you what you guys have to say and what what most people's um, philosophy is when it comes to that. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, for most of the high stakes players that I've talked to, and and some with in your philosophy, I, I'm just telling. Not their philosophy. Listen, I am a sponge. Okay, I get the best players in the world, <laughs> like David Taylor, to come on this show, and this is what I soak up. Um, this is by and large, this is what I 
most of them have said to us. Try to get one of the elite ones, and if it doesn't work out, don't try to go for one of those in that 6 to 10 range, 6 to 11 range. Then, you know, after those guys, the next four or five go off the board, then you should try to take a couple of stabs at some upside guys and, and just load up on running backs and wide receivers. Now, we've had guests on this show say that they will purposely let the top, you know, four or five go and then target, you know, like the Evan Engrams of the world and, and guys that are going in that range. Hunter Henry. Uh, Hunter Henry, Hayden, uh, Hayden Hurst. Hurst, all the yeah. H guys. Um, they, uh, then they'll, they'll target those guys on purpose. But I would say – and Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, to me that has been the feedback that I think we've gotten on this show for the most part from high-stakes owners, and I typically have followed that in, in most of it. Don't, obviously, we don't play in the FFPC, but in, in the tight end premium leagues I've played in, that's sort of what I've gone with. Try to get one of them, um, and if I don't, load up at the end. Yeah, for me, it depends a little bit on draft position where I end up, and if, if one, of the, one of those guys falls, and if I like one, let's say, I, I, you know, Zach Ertz, for example, I, I don't mind him because he does tend to fall. Sometimes he'll fall to like the fourth round. Yeah. And so then, you know, if I was playing FFPC leagues, I'd be like, wow, that's solid value. I'll take him there for sure. Um, I don't mind the six to 10 spot. If, you know, I don't mind, I don't really like Ingram because they're coming off the injury, but Hunter Henry, I like Hayden Hurst. I like, again, if the value is kind of decent, if I can't get one of those top eight to 10, then I actually look to try and grab like three upside guys. Yeah, like, like exactly. Dawson Knox. I like this year. I like Jay Sternberger which I've said on this show yep. before. Uh, Balky likes Jay Sternberger. I know Dave does not. I don't, you know, he's fine. I mean, yeah. he, he's like, he's alone. going so late. I mean, yeah, he's going late. So, yeah. you know, there's a few other players, but uh, you know, so you really have to, the, the most important thing is really have a plan and pay attention to the position, but be fluid in the draft. I mean, for me, it, if you're not getting, if you don't get one thing, get the other. And one thing I, I look at is if I see, this is just me personally. If I'm in, if I'm in a draft, that's a tight end premium type draft. Yeah. And all of a sudden I see some guy grabs like three top tight ends. Like, you know, they just, just some people go crazy. Somebody's going to do that in pros versus Joe's. Yeah. People go crazy. So they draft like three of the top guys. Like, all right, now I really have to, I have to be aware here that this could go south on me quickly because now there's 11 other owners that uh, are getting screwed over by this one dumb guy. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, whether it's dumb or not, you know, one can make the argument. Well, I mean, we haven't seen a ton of success with that strategy. Yeah. I'll tell you this too, David, and I don't, I don't know if you have a feeling on this, but, the last ever, basically ever since the Eagles drafted Dallas Goddard, I have gotten Zach Ertz in so many leagues because everybody just assumes that Goddard's going to ascend and make Ertz irrelevant. And it just, it has not happened yet this year. Again, I probably have him in three or four leagues and I'm completely fine with that. So that's the guy over the last couple of years that I've really loaded up on trying to get an elite guy right away. And he always seems to be the back end of that tier. He's not this year, uh, but he has been the last couple of years. Who again? Uh, Zach Ertz. Oh, yeah, you Ertz. were just yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah, right on. All right, let's move on. Yeah, let's yeah, talk about one of your buddies. My favorite, my favorite wide receiver. Go, uh, David, do you have something to say? I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead. Appreciate that. I, I definitely like Hayden Hurst this year. I just, it's just interesting, like you said. Like I, I, to me, the two-hour drafts allow you to roster more efficient than where you sit down and you have the 60, 60 seconds to draft because you start seeing like those runs where a tight end goes or whatever, and all of a sudden you're like, well, man, I want to take this guy, but you got to adapt, and all of a sudden you have a Q bill. And it can get kind of complicated where in two hours you can kind of take your time, build your roster, have your four or five guys that you like. You can kind of think about it up into it. And that's really helped me. I feel like I've built, I built better roster this year than what I've had in the past because of that. Um, and you, it allows you to be kind of fluid. And, and when you see those runs happening, you kind of realize i got to make a decision. I'm either going to take – if I don't get one of those top guys, when the run starts, you got to – okay, I'm either going to take one now or I'm going to wait. I'm going to take those upside guys 
down the road. Jack Doyle is someone that I do like. Um, you know, Philip Rivers is always targeted as tight ends. Um, I do like Goddard. Um, I do. They just need weapons. You know, they don't have a lot of guys that are going to be catching balls this year. Right. I think Goddard could be some be consistent um, just from reliable. I think they could be both running that personnel with both tight ends. It could be. There's not a lot of depth that wide receiver for the Eagles, right? Well, there's a lot of question marks. Alshon Jeffrey could be pumped. Deshaun Jackson's getting up there. Jalen Rager's a rookie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, those those might be the top two targets coming out. Um, the, those guys, I don't think have ever been favorites of yours. One guy who has been a favorite of yours is this next player, though. Yes, DJ Moore, one of my favorite uh, players in the whole NFL. I love him. Uh, you took him at 307 in one of your recent football guys drafts. I'm curious how you think. Is by the way, just because I love him, you can you know. No, you took yeah, it's fine. Just be honest with you, David. Yeah. But, uh, I'm curious how you think his production changes this year with Teddy Bridgewater tossing the rock to him. I do like him. You know, to me, I think at that pick, it was between uh, DJ Moore and Juju, and I like both those guys. I think Juju's going to bounce back this year, you know, with Deontay Johnson on the outside and him moving back to the slot. Uh, I had Juju in one or two of my other drafts, so I'm like, I, I felt like it would make sense to, to take a shot on DJ Moore. And I felt like last year he was a guy that was just wide open all the time. And he just had horrible quarterback play. and just couldn't ever, like, capitalize. Um, and I think this year Teddy Bridgewater is, is an upgrade. You know, like when he played last year, I mean, he really peppered Michael Thomas. And obviously Michael Thomas is a superstar, so I, to, to compare someone like that. But I think D.J. Moore is a guy that can get open. And, you know, if Teddy Bridgewater and him can, can, de- can develop a good rapport, I, I think that D.J. Moore can have a really high target season, high target volume. And, again, it's going to be kind of like with McLaurin's J. Chart, what a touchdown going to be. You know, can he? I know he, he's got the ability to break the big plays, but you know, if he's going to be four touchdowns, yeah, we're going to have maybe our time. But I think he's a guy that pan out that year. I, I assume they're going to be playing from behind quite a lot, and, and McCaffrey's going to get his. I don't really believe in Curtis Samuel too much. I think Robbie Anderson has his big plays, um, and obviously, you know, him and his coach have that relationship from college. But I think DJ Moore is the number one is the number one receiving option, and he's worth that opportunity and what I feel like he could do this year. Yeah, I definitely like DJ Moore, uh, no question as well. Uh, I, I think he's, you know, there was a stat I saw last year, and I can't remember what it was. Somebody from, I think, Rotoviz posted it on Twitter, and, and it, was, it was these qualifying categories, and this is going to be a terrible story because I don't remember what they were, but it was all these elite, like Des Bryant, Randy Moss, Michael Thomas-type guys, and then DJ Moore was in there, and then the end of the tweet was, give me all the DJ Moore I can get this year. And I loaded it up on him last year, and I was pleasantly surprised. Well, I wasn't pleasantly surprised because he was our hype man last year. Yeah, he did well. I mean, and, you know, it, it was kind of just – I think it was bad brace that he just didn't score as many touchdowns yeah. as he otherwise could. Which or those should. are fluky, you know. Yeah, they are fluky yeah. to some extent, yeah. Um, we're talking with David Taylor, 2018 uh, world champion freestyle wrestler here. You follow him on Twitter at magicman underscore PSU. Um, let's talk about Seattle here in, in this running back situation that they have going on there. Who represents the better value to you, David? Uh, Chris Carson going at the 406 in football guys drafts or Carlos Hyde at the 1408? And then as, as an add-on to that question, is it smart to get both of those guys given that um, you, you have to sink a fourth and a 14th into them? Uh, I, I just I think Chris Carson's a hammer. I mean, he's a beast when he plays, but – He's just not a guy I'm drafting this year. I don't think I'll probably draft him. He doesn't really have much receiving floor. Um, you know, he, he scores touchdowns, but he just he's such an injury risk. And, and this year with COVID and, and no training camp and, you know, not coming off his injury, I haven't really heard anything about where he's at in his progression. Um, Carlos Hyde has been a producer. Um, so I, I've taken him a couple of times late in drafts. And, you know, he's a guy that I don't think that he's going to be a guy that I'm going to be starting consistently, but I think he's definitely a guy you could start in bye weeks. Um, and it's, it's just a little bit better 
guy. I typically in the timeshares, I don't really take a risk. Uh, and I'm not saying it's going to be timeshare, but when I have guys that multiple running backs, I don't typically like to take the top guy. I kind of take the cheapest option. Um, and so there for me, the answer would be Carlos Hyde. You know, Carson was awesome last year. I avoided him last year, and he was awesome for fantasy owners. But I think he's a guy that I'll probably avoid this year and, and take my chances later in the draft with a different player. Yeah, just like we were talking about, Le'Veon Bell goes around kind of in the same spot as Carson. You could take Bell and then take Carlos Hyde, and I feel like that presents a lot better option. Ooh, that's than interesting, yeah. Carson. Yeah, um, I'm just looking it up right now. Over the last four days, Chris Carson has been going at the 408 as running back 22. Le'Veon Bell at running back 20, so very very close together. Yeah, a little uh, higher, but yeah. uh, not much, though, to, to your point. Hey, we got a question from the chat room here, David. This is from uh, our, our official Ivy League uh, professor uh, think tank. Uh, Wasp guy wants to know what rookie running back will score the most points in the FFPC this year. You have uh, a bevy of options to choose from, be it Taylor, Edwards, Hilaire, Swift, Dobbins, uh, a bunch of others. Who, who's your pick for the guy who's going to score the most among those uh, running backs this year? It's a good question. Um, I just, I think Hilaire's price is a little too expensive for me, you know, to be drafting the second round. I think Danny Williams probably is going to be the guy early and, um, so I think that those guys, there's all been so good. I think that there's going to be points to go around. Um, Jonathan Taylor, I think, has a lot of opportunity. I really, I mean, I don't know. I, I would say Jonathan Taylor, or I, or I think J.K. Dobbins, I think, are guys that could really leak. So I think, I think Dobbins was drafted um, probably to take over that spot as well as Jonathan Taylor. I mean, all those guys were so. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that. I like all those running backs. Um, to me, I, I kind of like the cheapest option, you know, guy that I feel like I can build a roster and then have some of that upside, you know, later on. I don't like the Detroit running backs a ton. I did draft Swift. That one's, to me, the scariest of, of those options. I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, I am probably – well, here's the thing, and this is going to lead into my next question. Our guest last week, Frank LaPred, who who's won a couple of main event leagues. He's won a, a football guy's league. He's actually going to be drafting in pros versus Joe's coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks too. Um, he is just Mr. Jonathan Taylor, and it is fresh in my mind. He thinks he's going to be a league winner this year. Um, he doesn't think Marlon Mack is a special guy. That Indianapolis offensive line is probably one of the closest things to replicate the Badgers offensive line that Taylor was running behind last year. Uh, so he is definitely on board with Taylor. I was listening to a podcast today, and, and a guy, uh, the, the host, who I know is very knowledgeable, uh, was very effusive in DeAndre Swift to, to go to um, the point of, he thinks Swift is going to be the starter, even if Carryon Johnson is healthy week one. He thinks Swift is going to be the starter out of the gate. I think the problem with Dobbins is um, Ingram is, is still going to be soaking up uh, too many touches early on in the season, whereas I don't know if Taylor and Swift are going to have to deal with that. And I, I think Edwards Lair is still going to have to tangle with Williams. So right now, Dave, I think my pick is Taylor. Taylor. You know, I, yeah, I, I will actually, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the, I, mean, I know there's two Davids on the show. I'm going to real, real quick. I actually kind of like DeAndre Swift as an option, but I think Hilaire is also an interesting choice. Go ahead, uh, Mr. Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was reading, you know, just with the amount of mileage that Jonathan Taylor took, you know, in, in his college, in college career, um, that, you know, basically he's drafted, you know, I saw some people that he may be like a one trunk contract guy. So, they would want to use him right away. And, and I, I, Marlon Mack, he was good. He ran behind such a good line last year, and he's really injury-prone. So I was going to say probably if I had to pick one, probably Jonathan Taylor, because I think he's probably, probably most ready 
week one is to simulate a, a big role and could be a really prominent guy and has been doing that for a while, um, where I think some of the other guys might be more of a longer-term option based on some of the things I've heard. You know, that's one thing that's kind of stuck in my mind. Taylor tested incredibly well at the combine as well. Something to keep in mind there as well. So I, I, I really like Taylor. It's interesting because as I just brought up Frank LaPred, who was our guest last week, found out David, that you were going to be on the show. And he says, your name is more of a, a name in their household than Jonathan Taylor, because his son is heavy into wrestling. He's a sophomore in high school. And uh, he, he obviously knows all about you. He actually sent in, we have two questions for you from, from uh, listeners tonight. And they're both from Frank. I want to read this one's kind of involved this first question, but he, writes wrestling requires a lot of dedication and sacrifice you might have been on a team when you were like you were at penn state but wrestling is the ultimate solitary individual sport you've done this at an elite level football is the ultimate team sport are there any lessons that you've drawn from your wrestling experience that translate in how you evaluate players for fantasy or the sports sports so dissimilar that you're in the same boat as the rest of us well that's a good question um I think it's qualities. I think, you know, to be, you know, to be great at anything, you know, to be a great team, team player, to be a great individual, you know, player, athlete, whatever it is. I mean, I think it's a lot of the same qualities. So just, you know, guys that, you know, you feel like are going to be producers regardless of what's happening in the game. You know, you see guys sometimes where, you know, the game's out of hand and guys just quit, you know, and you're like, oh man, that's a guy I just don't want to be on my team. You know, I want a guy to be fighting to the end. You know, like Deshaun Watson comes to mind when it comes to that. Like, that dude is battling the entire time. I love having him as quarterback. It doesn't matter what score is. That guy is slinging the rock, trying to score touchdowns, trying to continue to sit. You know, where guys are just – some guys put their head down and they are okay. They come out of the game. You know, they're not really uh, trying to better themselves. So, I think that's probably me as, as an athlete side, you know, that I, I take where players that I identify with, that I can identify those same qualities that I think have helped the teams that I've been on and helped myself to be where I am now is I want the guys that are fighting the entire time, no matter what the score is, no matter what they're going to be battling, keep trying to fight for the team, keep trying to fight for my fantasy team. Um, you know, those are the guys that I, that I definitely try and look for. Yeah, and, and I think, too, with, with Watson, with behind that horrid offensive line he's basically had his entire career, he is one of the true warriors of the NFL, no question. Uh, second part of the question here from, uh, from Frank, he wants to know if you think, uh, David, if you could cradle DK Metcalf. <laughs> Ooh. I don't know. I mean, I know he's kind of nicknamed <laughs> baby, but I mean, that he's a beast. I mean, that guy is, is such a beast. But I would say that I probably have a good chance I could still cradle him. I would put him on my leg. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I put him down there. He'd have a hard time going on, and I just wouldn't want to be on my feet with that guy. He's he's a monster. <laughs> hey, David, um, uh, I want to ask you this, too, and this is, is something that, that Dave and I always ask all of our guests each and every week here on the HSFF Power. Who's a player that you've – and this is interesting because you, your, your, your rosters are so differentiated. Has there been a player that you've been avoiding in the, in the early rounds, and, and then has there been a player that you're trying to get in all your drafts, either you know, in the middle part or in the late uh, part, portion of the draft? Uh, I, I think – Sometimes when you're you're doing your drafts, you just like you get gra- you you gravitate towards the players that you like. You know, you start getting into those later rounds. You know, it's easy to build a roster in the first six seven rounds. They're exciting, they're fun. You love those roster those players. And you start getting a little later, like, well, I don't know. I guess guys are pretty good. I just I'm really this year trying to find guys I think have the upside. Guys that I think that I can you know if they're upside on my bench, upside of my on my lineup. So I am trying to get as many different players as I can that I think kind of fit that bill. But for me, it's those can't get a, those, those first-round running backs, those guys that I know are going to get touches, 
I'm going to, I guess I kind of mentioned the middle. I'm going to take my chance at wide receiver. I just don't feel comfortable with those middle-round running backs. Like Melvin Gordon comes to mind. Um, just because I know he's great, he's had a great season, but just there's just a lot. Seems like I'm out of mouth at these, and I don't really know where that is. You know, where particularly weeks with Philip Lindsay's going to have the touches, and weeks Melvin Gordon's going to have the touches. So I kind of like the wide receivers, four, five, six, and then I start looking for. I like the running backs after that. You know, those those timeshare guys that are upside RB twos, where they're an injury away from something happening, they're going to jump into a big role. One guy that I want so far is, is Kareem Hunt, and I just haven't had a chance to draft him. Um, I've been in two drafts this year with uh, Eric Sisson, who His name's Pink Stripes. And he every time that I feel like he's, like, sniping with my picks. And I actually – he met, he, he messaged me on Twitter, and we were joking back and forth. Um, and he's drafted Kareem Hunt, I think, two, two of the three drafts that we've been in together. But he's a guy I like. I think he's going to have a really good role. Um, they, you know, but he's expensive. You're going to have to get him. In the, and I've seen him usually in the fifth round. So – if you don't have a really solid start to your draft, you know, that's a tough guy to take, but he's someone I want. Hopefully I can get in one of my last couple drafts before I finish. Yeah. Eric Sisson, former guest of this show, no question. Uh, one, one of the more talented players out there. So it's interesting to hear you guys battle it out uh, for Kareem Hunt. I like him this year as well, but you're right. His price has gone up going at the five Oh five and football guys drafts as running back 24 over the last four days. That's right behind Chris Carson, David Montgomery, right ahead of Cam Akers, Devin Singletary and Deandre Swift. He's getting so up there. He is getting up there. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Like the, it was like the mid super late. Yeah. Because well, not, that, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting too, because you know, We've talked we talked ad nauseum about this Chubb Hunt thing, and Chubb really hasn't. I mean, he slipped a little bit. He's now going at the two hundred six, but he's still being drafted as a top twelve running back. And yeah, I, it's I just, interesting that yeah, the Chubb's not really dropping much, yeah. but Hunt is moving up. Yes, uh, absolutely. All right, David, uh, switching back to wrestling, you have a big night ahead of you tomorrow. You take on six ranked Miles Martin. We'll all be watching on flowwrestling uh, dot org. What is the toughest aspect of trying to defeat this opponent? Quite frankly, I don't know if you've ever wrestled them before. So, kind of take us behind the scenes and, and what you're willing to share uh, as you prep for this match. So we haven't wrestled before. You know, we're kind of different generation. So I went to Penn State. You know, he just graduated from Ohio State. Um, I, as I graduated, he came in that next class, and he was, you know, so he was like that class right after I was. He battled my teammate in college, Bo Nickel, throughout their entire career. So he's up and coming guy on the senior level circuit. Um, you know, for, so for us, the senior level circuit is post collegiate um, guys that are trained to make world and Olympic teams. Um, we take one guy per weight class. Um, in a world year, which is the non-Olympic year. So the three years sandwiched in between your, your Olympic Games or World Championship years, um, your Olympic Games or your bookends, um, you take one guy per weight class. So, you know, you have a ladder, you have the number one guy, you have guys ranked below that. Um, so this is, you know, this is a guy that is an up-and-coming guy that's going to be a challenging guy that I'm going to wrestle on the Olympic trials in April, um, which is a good opportunity for me to wrestle now. Um, so behind the scenes, I mean, it's just – it's been good – you know, during quarantine to be able to have something to train for. Um, you know, I, I stay in shape and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proactive at, you know, trying to stay ahead of my competition. You know, when it comes to preparation, that's, you know, something with, with conditioning and is something that definitely favors me in my matches. So, you know, I feel really confident about that tomorrow and I'm excited to wrestle a good competitor. You know, he's going to be challenged. He's going to challenge me into different situations and, you know, as a competitor, I want that. I want to wrestle the best guys. I want to challenge myself as much as possible and, you know, tomorrow will give me that opportunity. So I hopefully, you know, those of you that don't watch wrestling, uh, you know, tune in tomorrow, Flow Wrestling, and watch it. Those of you that are following that that watch wrestling, you know, I can't. Hopefully, you guys will will tune in and you get some new viewers. And um, but 
and, and hopefully down the road maybe you'll see my see my name on the FBC leaderboard if I can draft properly. <laughs> that would be tremendous. We'd love that. So, so my only here's my only piece of advice: if you're not doing anything later tonight, you know, spend the two dollars and ninety nine cents on Amazon Prime and uh, and watch Vision Quest, of course. Ah. The, the, the best wrestling movie of all time, you know, Matthew Modine, wrestling shoot. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that gives you a motivation. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that sounds like a pretty good night ritual. I'm going to adopt that, and I'll make sure to mention it in the next couple of days. That was on the fantasy podcast. Yeah, I'm sorry. Probably the worst question way, ever. The Honest podcast, podcast is one of the most excited things I've been in a long time. You know, like, I love fantasy football. So getting the invite to come on here was, was something I was really excited about. So I appreciate you guys inviting me, sharing some time. Um, to listen to me babble about fantasy football, and um, but it's something I love to do, so I appreciate it. Well, we all follow. Yeah, we're going to follow you on Twitter. I already am. I'm at MagicMan underscore PSU. Uh, we'll check out M2Wrestling.com. Last question before I let you go, David. What can you tell us about the M2 Training Center that, that you're a big part of? So that's a, a youth club that I started uh, about three years ago, started uh, 2017, and um, you know we train kids from you know first year wrestling, six years old, all the way up through high school. Um, you know, we're, this is our, our third year into it. So the kids that we started with, um, that class is getting ready to go to college, um, which is pretty cool to see these kids starting to develop and getting, you know, offers to go wrestle division one schools. Um, and the young kids, you know, continue to, to progress. So it's, you know, wrestling is a, is a, obviously something I've done my entire life. I've been exposed to a lot of great coaches trying to take as many good things as I can, uh, from the people that I've learned and be able to pass it on to the next generation. And, you know, it's exciting to be able to change these kids' lives. You know, they they see me for most of my life as this wrestler they look up to on TV and on Instagram and things like that. But to have a relationship with them and their parents, personal, to go in there and, and really help them achieve their goals. And what's special about the M2 Training Center is I'm still actively trying to pursue my goals. So every day that I go in there, you know, I'm training in the morning. I'm going in. I'm sharing my what I've done throughout the day with these kids, you know, my trial and errors and things that, I've had success with, you know, my failures, things that I wish I could do a little bit better. And I'm helping these guys, you know, hopefully trying to achieve their goals um, as well. So it's exciting to see that, exciting to see the smiles on our faces. And, you know, anytime that you can help someone, you know, reach a goal of theirs, that's just something that's, that's really strong. I have a lot of passion for. So yep. it's exciting to help. Yeah, good for that's you, Smith. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. Uh, and obviously, we're so thrilled that you made some time for us tonight here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Uh, I want you to uh, go, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to let, you, let your call go here. You're going to go, let that head hit the pillow, get a good night's sleep. Watch Vision Quest. Watch Vision Quest if, if, the, if the mood strikes <laughs> you. And then we will uh, we'll all watch you in Flow Wrestling tomorrow uh, and, and uh, hopefully root you on to victory. And then, you know, best of luck with the Olympics too, dude. That'd be tremendous to see you uh, win a gold medal in Tokyo uh, next summer. Thanks so much uh, for everything tonight. Good luck in all your leagues this year, David. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. I've really enjoyed it. David Taylor, ladies and gentlemen, follow him on Twitter at MagicMan underscore PSU, the 2018 world champion freestyle wrestler in the 86-kilogram uh, division. Yes, Dave? Well, you know, why do you got to say win a gold medal? You got to put pressure on him. And, and you know, just make the team, and then, you know, let, let's see how it goes. Right, yeah, and um, he would be, if he does win the gold medal, he would be the first <laughs> gold medal Olympian we've had on the show. Adrian Blinko, who, you remember, was yeah. the distance runner from New Zealand who we had on the show. That was a fascinating story. Remember that? He yeah, was, that was, yeah. He was drafting. It was the last football guy's draft of the season, and he yeah. drafted it on a plane from New Zealand. <laughs> from. Um, Los Angeles back to New Zealand because he was yeah. flying. He was coaching it in uh, Philadelphia. Um, That's a lot of trust in the Wi-Fi. 
I don't trust the Wi-Fi. Yeah, well, but that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, so does the do you know if the U.S. does the U.S. typically you know because usually certain countries do do well in certain sports. Does the U.S. usually do well in wrestling? I, I, I think, think they they're, do, they're, right? I think they have a pretty good history. Pretty and, yeah, I, I know the Eastern the colleges are so good. Yeah, the Eastern European uh, countries have have been pretty um, pretty big rivals with especially Russia. Russia's with, good, always good with yeah. the United States over the years. Um, yeah, he went to Penn State, uh, did David, and uh, I, I guess there's a big rivalry in the in the Big Ten with Ohio State, which makes sense. Penn State, um, Ohio State, Iowa's yes. always pretty good. Too. Iowa and Iowa State are big uh, yeah. for wrestling too. So yeah, uh, what That's a thrill! Like corn. Uh, yeah, well, they're all corn-fed uh, guys, so they they're all um, big, uh, big muscular dudes. All right, so awesome stuff from David Taylor. I want to thank yeah, him really for fun. coming on uh, tonight. Really and uh, remember, check out m2wrestling.com. A lot of stuff on there about David Taylor. And- I feel like I need to work on my life's purpose a little bit after his the, the M2 wrestling thing. You know, like I, I'm not doing I'm it, not doing anything. I think wrestling. Doing the show, the show. I mean, you know, yes. pros versus Joes. It's great. Right. So happy. Uh, well, we're really ho- achieving a lot. Well, hopefully, we're bringing <laughs> some enjoyment to to listeners. That's actually there. true. Um, but I, you know, it's, I think, you know, I've, I've met some wrestlers, uh, over the years and, and my high school had a pretty good wrestling program and, and the guys there are, they're so singularly focused on, on the goal at hand so much so that it trans the, the really good one transforms their lives and everything they do, what they put in their body, how they train the decisions they make off the mat, you know, decisions in the classroom, it, it, it all revolves around being the best. And I think that that's uh, something that David Taylor obviously does. And, and with the youth uh, that he's got going on at the M2 training center too. Good for him. Yeah, it's just, it's, really if he's cool. not making himself better, he's making other people better. So good for him. Yeah, exactly. All right. So let's get into it tonight, Dave. I want to get to the uh, rundown here. Uh, thanks to football guys, Roto World and Rob for tonight's rundown. Uh, Colts offensive coordinator, Nick Sirianni said T.Y. Hilton is quote, who this pass offense runs through. Jim Aiello on Twitter had this tweet. I'm going to read the full quote from Sirianni here because there's some interesting stuff. I expect a great bounce back from a year he had a lot of injuries. I expect the 2018 version of him. If T.Y. stays healthy, there's no doubt that's what we'll see. He's still the main piece of this offense. T.Y. Hilton is who this pass offense runs through. Now, Hilton, if you remember, Andrew Lux last year, Hilton had 76 catches for 1,270 uh, yards and seven touchdowns. Then he had the soft tissue injuries uh, in his uh, last season with Jacoby Brissett. He is 30 years old. He turns 31 in November and obviously trying to secure a long-term deal. This is a contract year for him. He's healthy, Dave. He's coming into this season without any bumps and bruises. And they don't, I mean, they got Michael Pittman, who's a rookie. Outside of that, they don't have a whole, a whole lot else. T.Y. Hilton, as I tell you where he's going right now. First of all, let me ask you, where do you think he's going? Oh, that's actually, that's funny. That's an interesting question. I'm going to start doing this more often. I think this ah, is compelling like it. Uh, stuff. 606. 601. Mm. So good guess there. Yeah. T.Y. Hilton, wide receiver 25 right now. I, he, I, feel, like it, I feel like I'd win like the little, um, you know, like the little duck or whatever at the amusement park. Yeah, you probably like, would. Close enough. But, but not, not the big Not the big duck. Yeah, not the big uh, duck. Tyler Lockett, Cortland Sutton, Keenan Allen going right in front of him. He is going ahead of Marquise Brown, Devontae Parker, and Stephon Diggs. I think I like Hilton best uh, out of the three guys behind him, Dave. As far as the three guys behind him, Marquise Brown for sure better than him. Devontae Parker. Yes. And uh, Stephon Diggs. I feel like Diggs is underrated. So I kind of like Diggs similarly to Hilton, but I I probably would, you know, go to the wisdom of the crowds, which is a new feature on football guys. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably go to the wisdom of the crowds and take Hilton there, but it's pretty close for me. They are about a half round apart. Do you like Hilton better than any of the receivers going in front of him immediately? Lockett, Sutton, or Keenan Allen? Um, I think I like him better I, than I might like him. I might like him better than Sutton, actually. I feel Sutton. like there's less risk with, with him than – not that 
I'm actually really starting to like Jerry Judy a lot, which actually really? to me means I like Sutton a little bit less. Yeah. Jerry Judy's route running. I watch a bunch of his videos. I mean, the guy can't be covered, really. You know what's funny about this is um, I don't think I brought this up on this show before, but my local fantasy football show, the Appleton Trophy fantasy football show, which you can hear on 95.391, the score, um, it actually won an award for uh, 20, 2019. I told you this. The 2019 uh-huh. Wisconsin Broadcasters Association awarded our show best radio show. Not best morning show, not best afternoon to show, not best radio show in the state of Wisconsin. Media market, of course. Um, so that was awesome. What, is that, what does media market mean? It, it means we are in the media market here in northeast Wisconsin. We're not in the large markets of Milwaukee and Madison, Green Bay. Uh, we are not in the small markets of, say, so medium, do you say medium or medium? Me- medium, oh, like sorry. in the I, middle. I thought you said media. Well, we are a media market. <laughs> We're in the media, media market. Um, All right, I'm going to turn my ears on. In any event, the reason I bring this up was a couple of years ago on this show, these guys, my co-hosts, were not familiar with Dynasty Fantasy Football. And I was talking to them. Actually, this was last year. Um, and we were talking about, like, yeah, and then the worst team gets the first overall pick of any rookies in, in the NFL. And my co-host said, oh, okay, so if you have the 101 next year, you take like Jerry Judy, right? And I'm like, yeah, that's who I think is going to be the 101. <laughs> and he wasn't even close to being the 101. Yeah, he's like the 107. It was incredible. Well, he's, he's going, he was going to 106, 107, 108, and a lot of drafts. Did he go before or after? He went before C.D. Lamb, right? In the, in, actual, in the NFL in, draft. Yeah, I barely. I think he was, was behind Rugs. I yeah, knew because, that. Uh, it was 12, 15, and 17, if I recall correctly. Yeah, so Judy was 15 for sure. Yeah, I know 12 that. to the Raiders, 15 for Judy. To the to Broncos, Broncos, and then Lamb to the Cowboys at 17. Yeah, and everyone's everyone. I read, this is something I read. I think it was like a, some sort of article. Everyone's saying how great of a draft the Cowboys had because they got yeah. CeeDee Lamb. He fell well, to him. Well, he fell to him, yeah. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, but the Broncos needed a wide receiver, and they took Judy. Yeah. The Cowboys didn't even need a wide receiver, and they took Lamb, and they got the great draft. Why, how, how is that so great? You didn't even need anybody. You had Gallup, and you had right. Cooper. Right. What's so great about it? All right, so I'll, I'll, a couple of things here to unpack. Number one, I think a lot of people said Denver had a great draft, too. Uh, in fact, most people, I think, said Denver did, did yeah, a really good draft. That doesn't tell my little my okay. story. Now, as far as the Cowboys argument, I'm with you. They didn't need him. Sigmund Bloom from Football Guys, who actually, I think he's going to be drafting Sunday night here on Pros vs. Joe's, he has said over the years, there's nothing wrong with making a strength stronger. Whether you have a lot of great pass rushers, there's nothing wrong with adding another great pass rusher. You have a really strong offensive Who's line. Who's Sigmund Bloom? Sigmund Bloom. Yeah, by the way, speaking of that, I've noticed he's also been one of those players who drafted three tight ends in a row. Speaking of he's, making... You know, he's having a lot of fun. <laughs> he is in the Pros versus Sig- Joe's... Sigmund's great. He's, he was in the Pros versus Joe's Dynasty. Yeah. Uh, Superflex, yeah, best yeah. ball uh, league. He drafted seven quarterbacks and and he, until they kicked him out. And he... Is that really what happened? No, I, I, no, I, I'm I didn't think so. But he talks about it a lot on the Football Guys podcast and, and what just how it just is triggering his brain. Like all the, like, okay, what do I trade this? What do I do here? There's, there's all these, cause it's all these different, it's, it's a very unique format and it's yeah. a startup, yeah. you know? So there's a lot of different ways. There's you a can, lot of ways you can go with right. it for sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, but in any event, he always said, there's nothing wrong with making your strength stronger. He had a great offensive line, sense. add another offensive lineman. Right. So, and remember that Mike McCarthy, when he's in green Bay, granted, I don't know if what type of offense he's going to run with, with Dallas, but most of his offense in his prime in Green Bay was mostly like 80, 85% of the time, three wide receiver sets. And right. now you have Cooper, Gallup, and Lamb. And, and mostly crappy wide receivers. God. Well, there's a lot of second-round picks on really, He could have really used a lot of those. Uh, he could have used those wide receivers at Dallas has. Anyway, go ahead. Well, Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, James Jones, th- those guys are all good. Devontae Adams. Yes, yes. 
They're, they're good players. They're, no, yeah. they're good. They're very good. All right. Okay. Fair enough. What were we talking about? T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> uh, I like Hilton this year. Um, and this is a guy I've never liked in the past, but now his, his ADP is matching up with a price I'd, I'd rather have him at. Yeah, if you recall it, we would always, we'd always talk about how T.Y. Hilton was the, the 2 one, two twelve. And he's not turn. going on the turn this year. He's not going on in any – yeah. Oh, no, he is. Five, five, five two, six turns. Two turns later. Yeah, he's going two turns later. That's, hey, a, that's, a, nice, no, that's a nice turn. I believe I am uh, correct wait. in saying you would draft Hilton over Keenan Allen. One and right? a half turns later. One and a half turns later. You would draft Hilton over Keenan Allen, right? Yeah, because Tyrod Taylor sucks. Okay. Yeah, I kind of figured as much. You think Allen's going too high, wide receiver 24? No, not really. I mean, he's, Mid still, fifth. he's still pretty talented. I mean, okay. Tyrod Taylor, even though he sucks, he's still going to throw for 3,500 yards probably. Mike Reese from ESPN Boston reported Muhammad Sanu hired a full-time coach to live with him this offseason, Dave. Who did? Uh, Muhammad Sanu. Uh, he's hoping that the, this is going to create a situation where his relentless offseason work produces tangible on-field results in 2020. Do you is remember a PR firm? Who uh, wrote that? Uh, this is a quote from Mike Reese's article on ESPN Boston. Oh, okay. I, I believe it's a, a quote from Sanu. Wow. Um, Anyway, you I remember like the vernacular. The Patriots gave up a second-round pick uh, for to, to acquire Sanu, and then he proceeded to be hurt most of 2019. Uh, again, this is off-season. He's faster. He's quicker. He's leaner. He's in better shape. He had off-season ankle surgery. Dave, I, I guess my question here is: um, I like Edelman this year. I think he's going too late. Um, Muhammad Sanu, though, is going really late. 1807 as wide receiver, 79. Um, are you willing to take a chance on him yes. with Cam Newton throwing the, the ball to him, saying like the 17th round? For sure, yeah. Why okay. Not? I mean, Edelman's – I mean, you know, we always talk about the receivers that are too expensive. I mean, I think the receivers on New England are way too cheap. You could take Edelman, Sanu, and uh, Nikhil Harry, right? And Edelman going at the 709. And he's, he's moved up. He, but not much. And Nikhil yeah. Harry going at the 1307, so you couldn't yeah, so, draft all yeah. of them. Yeah, seventh, thirteenth, sure want to do that, by and eighteenth. But I mean, seriously, Cam throw Cam does throw for a lot of yards. Yeah, and who's their tight end? Well, they drafted my the mom. two rookies. They have Devin Asiasi and Dahl. Yeah, team. crap, total crap. That was my next question. Do you like either of the rookies? Total crap. Players? And then you have James White. Granted, he catches passes, but then you know, if Sony Michelle's out there. They're not throwing to Michelle nope. hardly at all. Damian Harris. You like Damian Harris at all? He's, there's uh, been, a, there's been a little bit of a groundswell for him. And you know, not not so much. I mean. And the reason is because he did so so much of nothing as a rookie. I gotta see a little something as a rookie. Okay. So you're willing to miss the boat on Damian Harris at the thirteen oh one? Yes. I am not. At the sixteen to seventeenth round I would take him, but the thirteen oh one I think I'm gonna pass. I mean he's going ahead of Devontae Freeman, Justin Jackson, and Naheem Hines. Actually I might take Hines there over Harris, even though that, I mean that's that's almost a full round later, but Hines I kinda like. But I mean after that, um I mean, there's not Anthony McFarland, Josh Kelly, Reichwell Armstead. Carlos Hyde, I guess, is, okay, is so intriguing. Josh Kelly is interesting. Uh, Armstead is kind do you like, of interesting. Do you, do you like, I don't, Hyde is for sure interesting. Hyde's for sure interesting, yeah. Um, I, I feel like we've asked our, asked our guests this. I don't know if I've asked you this. Who do you like better between – okay, number one, if you take Austin Eckler, are you handcuffing him? And if you are, who are you taking between Josh Kelly and Justin Jackson? Well – the answer is probably not, and because the other answer is I don't know. You know, right. I don't know who the, you know who's who do you take. Um, I think for I mean, me, Justin Jackson was a seventh round pick. Yeah, I think that, for, that Matt Waldman loved. That's what that's effectively his his career is. Matt Waldman loved him, and he was a late round pick. Yeah, um, I think I'd take Kelly. He's a fourth round pick this year, and uh, they're talking about him getting goal line too. And if Eckler were to go down to me, 
um, Kelly would, would make a lot of sense for getting a lot of touches in that should be a run based offense. You know, in a normal training camp situation, I would totally agree with you and I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying it gets tougher for Josh Kelly. He's going to have to really do well. They don't have a single pad of practice until August 17th or later. Yeah. You know, so it gets, it, it gets challenging, but you know, you can, you can see who's good. Yeah, without we kind of know who's good too. Well, I mean the team can, right? The team should. Um, we should mention that too. The NFL owners submitted some changes. Yeah, it's only like super important. The yeah, the <laughs> NFL owners submitted some changes to the COVID edition, uh, CBA COVID edition, and um, then the NFLPA executive committee approved it unanimously, I believe, and then it went to the the full player vote, and I believe the players passed it twenty nine to three tonight so as far as everything's going it's motoring along nfl is going to have uh, players reporting to training camp on tuesday that's fantastic you know speaking of that when's the main event uh, early bird deadline i was gonna say that at the end of the show but i can <laughs> tell everybody that if you want to wait till training camp starts you're going to miss out on that now it's not the early bird deadline but it is the early draft slot deadline um the early if you want the early draft slot um uh, uh, by August 2nd, make sure all your teams are paid for in full and registered by Monday at midnight Pacific. Uh, and then that way you will find out where you're drafting in the main event, at least a month ahead of time, depending upon when you're drafting. That's right. It could be first. It could be 12. And you might be happy or you might be sad. And you might be sad if it's one. Some people are, don't like the one pick. And some people love the 12. So who knows? Hashtag that's fantasy. And then some people like Tupac or get the one pick and take Miles Sanders. All right, so moving on here. That's cray-cray. A.J. Green, Dave. We haven't talked about him. He signed his franchise tag and is going to report to training camp. This according to the, Bengals, they franchise him. the Bengals on Twitter. Um, not going to read Vice President Katie Blackburn's quote because it's pretty boring. Um, Green's going to be under contract this season. He is going to be a free agent after uh, this year. He says he wants to play four more seasons. He also says he wants to retire a Bengal. Um, he did not play at all last year, Dave. Joe Burrow is now his new quarterback. That's probably a long-term upgrade over Andy Dalton. Not sure if it's a short-term upgrade. Um, but he also has Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, um, T. Higgins there. A.J. Green basically going, and, and I think, well, I don't even want to frame the question this way because I know what you're going to say. A.J. Green has actually moved ahead of Tyler Boyd in ADP over the last four days, going at the 702, Boyd going at the 705. If you're going to take one Bengals receiver, is it Green or Boyd? I take Boyd because he's way safer. Okay. And, and, you know, Boyd has upside. Boyd could actually outproduce Green even if they're both healthy all season. I know that's weird to say, and it, right. you know, some people will say you're crazy. That's not true. It is, it's possible. It's totally, totally possible that he could. I am not convinced that A.J. Green stays healthy all season. Um, that's, I mean, no offense, but that's not a bold statement because he's right. he always hurt all season. All right, so I'll let, make, let's make it bolder. I expect A.J. Green to miss more than a few games this season. There you go. That's, I, that's, I don't believe he plays in all 16. I think he's probably closer to like 11 or 12, quite frankly. Um, it's interesting because I want Green to stay healthy because Boyd actually produced better with Green in the lineup, which we said on this show, as you pointed out before. But Green still produced last year without A.J. Green, too. Um, I feel like T. Higgins was drafted as the quote-unquote A.J. Green replacement, and they will let him seek different waters next year, and it'll be the Higgins and Boyd show. I like Boyd in the mid-seventh. I know Scott Connor, who um, one of the co-hosts along with Jay Reed for the um, – oh, I listen to it all the time, and I can't remember. Chasing the Helmet. Good God. The Chasing the Helmet podcast. Uh, I know uh, Scott Connor is big on Tyler Boyd this year as well, and they've drafted him uh, a ton, which, by the way, you should check out that podcast. They do a lot of live drafts on there too. Um, I'm with him. I like Boyd quite a bit. I like him over A.J. Green, and I'm not buying into, hey, he signed, he's healthy. I don't think it stays that way. 
I think he stays signed. I just don't think he stays healthy. Yeah, I think, and I think Burrow's going to have a good rookie season. You know, CJ Uzuma is really pretty much a nothing at tight end. He'll get a few catches here and there. And I kind of, I'm kind of liking Mixon too. I mean, just as part of that overall offense. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, so it's finally time to like Mixon because they actually Mixon, have a competent huh? quarterback. Do you want to do not a that, not that redheaded, fair-skinned guy? I mean, can't the red like, rocket. Yeah, who likes people like that? Um, oh wait, that's kind no of comment. Odd. All right, so I have a good tan going, bulky. I've, I've been outside all summer. All right, so let's see how how much you like Joe Mixon. Let's do a would you rather here with him. Um, I'm going to start with guys going in front of him, and then I'll switch to guys going in back of him. We'll see where the the DG scale is you, here. You shouldn't have, you shouldn't reveal that to me. You should just skip around. Okay, fine, I'll jump around. Uh, Joe Mixon or the two-packer darling Miles Sanders? Uh, Mixon. I agree. Joe Mixon or Derek Henry? Um, uh, Henry, that's closer. All right. I'm going to say Henry, but I wouldn't take either one of them. Um, Joe Mixon or Josh Jacobs? Mixon, for sure. I agree. Joe Mixon or Kenyon Drake? Mixon. <sighs> yeah, really? Are yeah, you serious? I don't know. This is tough. I'm not – okay, Drake's not really that pedigree, and he's had a half season of evidence. There's, there's, the offense that he's running in is going to be awesome. He allegedly the only guys behind him are basically handcuffs. I don't think Eno Benjamin or Chase uh, Edmonds are going to be taking his job anytime soon. Um, he doesn't have a lot of mileage on his tires because he didn't run Who's that much. Taking Mixon's job, um, you know Rodney Anderson. I mean, come on. Uh, no, name? it'd be uh, Traquan Williams. And or Travion Williams, Tracon Williams, whatever. Travion Williams, and then Giovanni Bernard's there too. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, you're right. Okay, so okay, so throw that that point out. Um, and I'm not saying I like Drake better than Mixon. I'm just I think it's closer for me than what you think. Um, what's that Arizona offensive line like? I don't think it's very good. Generally garbage. Yeah. I, okay, I'll go. I'll leave Mixon. All right, last one. Kenyon Drake or potential holdout Dalvin yeah. Cook. All right, so or Joe Mixon or Dalvin Cook. Excuse me. I forgot who we're talking about here. <laughs> I'll take I'll take Cook over both. Uh, I would too. And I think that should wrap that up. Okay, so last thing I want to bring up here. Apologize we're not going to get to any emails. This might be antiquated at this point, but I want to read it anyway because this is one of the few players that threatened to sit out, publicly threatened to sit out as far as fantasy uh, players go. We, we just got the news right before we went on the air that Lawrence uh, Duvernay Tardif, uh, the, the doctor who played guard for the Chiefs to some critical acclaim, decides that he's going to work in, uh, in Canada. Uh, I, I don't think in the front lines. I think it was like a senior center that he's going to be doing work. So he's taking the year off. Does that change your evaluation on Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Damian Williams at all, Dave, knowing that they're going to be missing a starting guard this late in the game? You know, it's, it's not great news necessarily. Um, yeah, maybe, I, I was, maybe a tad. I was kind of avoiding Edwards Hilaire anyway. Yeah, I don't I mean I wasn't taking Edwards Hilaire. I wouldn't take him in that spot. Um Williams I would still probably take him in that same kind of I think I would too. I feel like that was a value before and it's still kind of a value here. Damian Williams six oh five, give me all that all day over Clyde Edwards Hilaire at the two ten. I mean you're getting like four rounds of value there. Or yeah. four rounds of you know. You know, six oh five though, to be honest, is not cheap for Williams. That's a that's a significant. Well, okay, so, he used to be going in the seventh, okay, in the seventh and sometimes eighth. And now, okay, if he falls to that, okay, now it's a little more, it's a little better. So let's bring this up here. A guy's going right around him. Would you rather have Damian Williams or Mark Ingram? Basically going at the same spot. I might rather have Ingram to be honest. I think I, Ingram's a really Ingram's a damn good running back. Yeah, he's he a he's a badass. What about his real life teammate, Damian Williams or J.K. Dobbins? You know, actually, I like Dobbins' skill set a lot, too, so it's weird because I, I can't say I like them both better than Damian Williams, but maybe I can. You are not taking Ingram and Dobbins together, right, and, like, investing a fifth and a sixth-round pick in those guys? 
Uh, in a best ball, I would consider it, if, depending upon team format. Okay. But that would be like at a 5-12, 6-1 turn if I was reaching on, on both a teeny bit. Here's a guy we've just been discussing via email, Damian Williams or Ronald Jones, going back-to-back in the mid-six. I actually, I, I'm, I'm starting to really like Ronald Jones. I, I would take Jones over Williams. I like Ronald Jones. I um, mean, Ronald Jones has upside. He has top 12 upside. I mean, I, it's, as weird as that sounds, I mean, yeah. there's 32 teams in the NFL. Yeah. I give you odds on that if you want to. Put I, that I know. Out. I'm not saying. I'm not, look, I know. I'm saying. That's like, what I'm saying. I give you a twenty percent chance or whatever it is. But there's a chance. I was going to give you better than five to one. <laughs> All right. How many do you give me? Seven to one. Uh, yeah, I'll give you seven to one. All right, I'll That's take fine. Rojo at top twelve. Seven to one. Book I, it. I got five on it. I got five on I Rojo got five and five five on <laughs> This is interesting. So Ronald Jones for five top. bucks. I can win thirty-five dollars on Rojo. God, um, this, is, this is so much better. Um, no, seven to one. Right? Yeah, seven to one. Sorry. Yeah, seven. All right. Um, and this is great. I actually hope I lose this bet because it'll be great for my Blake Carrington dynasty league. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, all right. Um, so this is the whole issue I wanted to bring up. Todd Gurley said he's open to sitting out the season if the NFL doesn't come up with a proper COVID-19 safety plan. This according to 92.9 in Atlanta. Um, they did come up with a plan. <laughs> a radio station? With, no, no with, offense. This is where he was doing a radio interview. Yeah, no offense, but uh, it's a radio station. Okay, but come on. Um, <laughs> so so Gurley... Um, I don't know how he feels about this plan, but his player rep, whoever it is for Atlanta, obviously, you know, they all voted for it. Um, Gurley is one of the first, maybe the first fantasy player that we've heard about potentially sitting out this season. Dave, you and I have talked about Todd Gurley and liking him this year. Um, I actually took him as my, I think my number three running back in the Scott Fishbowl. It's going at the 303, running back 15 in the Football Guys Players Championship over the last four days. Knowing this, are you going to skip on him and, and go with a different running back or a different player there instead? No, not at all. I mean, he's just talking crap. Okay. And then they signed this a deal. This player speak. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's player speak. He's just you know talking crap to some radio station DJs. And now they signed a deal. He's like, oh, okay, I'm good. What's well, he, I don't know if he gonna, said he's good. But what is he going to forego? What does he make, like $8 million a year? There's, like there's something in the provision um, this year that you can opt out and you make $150,000, but your contract tolls. I, I think that's what it is. Yeah, there's no, there's no way. I would, I would lay like 60 to 1 that Gurley plays. There was, um, I was listening to Mike Taglier from um, Fantasy Pros, um, who was doing a podcast with Sigmund Bloom from Football Guys, and he did some research. You know, he's been doing a ton of research this offseason, as a lot of analysts are, because there hasn't been anything new to report on. <laughs> they have nothing to do. Right. And he said, um, and, and I'm going to butcher this, but I'm going to give you the gist of it. For teams that score like the Atlanta Falcons have scored the last couple of years, if you are the running back, starting running back on that team, you have a 72, I think it was 72% chance, maybe it was 78%, I, I forget. Um, it was in the 70s of being a top six running back for fantasy purposes. That's insane. It's crazy. And, and he's going in the third round as, as running back. I know. 15. Gurley's a super value. You know what would be interesting? And we won't know until, you know. Um, and who's Gurley's backup? Do we even know that? Uh, you know, it's interesting. I was on Fantasy Alarm this week um, with Howard Bender and Jim Bowden, and we were actually talking about – well, we were talking off air uh, about this. But Jim Bowden, the pitcher guy? The for, No, that's Jim Bowden, ball four. No, Jim Bowden, actually, Jim Bowden, former Major League Baseball GM with the Reds and, and Nationals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, we were talking about this off air, and Howard is of the opinion that while it might seem right to take Ito Smith as the backup for Gurley, he thinks it's actually going to be Brian Hill this year oh wow because he doesn't think uh, Ito Smith is is big enough to handle the load if Gurley were to go down where he thinks Hill would 
get more touches. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, what is, yeah, what's the his way, ADP, like 40.06? Brian Hill? Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, like, it's, it's off got, the charts, I, I don't right? even know if he's being 17.06 is running back 69. Hmm. Um, way, actually, way higher than I thought. There was, and I'll, I'll just shameless plug for one of our fantasy partners, uh, Fantasy Alarm. Uh, if you have their draft guide, go in and check out the Howard Bender uh, running back handcuff uh, article. There is some eye-opening stuff in there as far as who you think is the, the handcuff and who actually will be. I, again, this is according to Ho- Howard Bender, who – is a successful fantasy player. He'll be drafting in uh, pros versus Joe's again this year. Um, but it, it, eye-opening stuff there as far as content goes. All right. So we had an eye-opening show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Whew, what a day. Sorry, I, I could not get the emails. We have been failing on the – and by we, I mean me. Been failing to get the emails. This was, it was a great show. You did fine. Okay. Well, I want to th- thank you. David Taylor did, fine, did fantastically well. Yes. I, and I want to I thank, feel like we got he pinned us. You know, he, he, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, a, it was a W. Takedown for him, no escape <laughs> for us. And, uh, you know, we, he, we left our shoes on the mat. All right, so thanks to David Taylor. Remember to follow him at magicmat underscore PSU, m2wrestling.com, and uh, flowwrestling.org is where you can watch him battle Miles Martin tomorrow night. That'll be fun. I want to thank Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. Happy birthday, Dave, to one of the day drinkers, Jason Goldman. Celebrating the big 4-0 today. <laughs> He's only 40? He's only 40, yeah. I feel like total crap. I, I think God, I feel super old now. It's all the day drinking that makes him look older. <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Actually, you know what? Yeah, that's true. It's a good point. So I feel like I look the same age as him, so I should feel better yeah, about myself. feel better about it. Anyway, uh, happy birthday to uh, Jason Goldman. Uh, awesome. Yeah, uh, hopefully great. he's having a great night. All right. So I, don't know, I don't know we're doing birthdays now. Yeah, we've, we've done birthdays before. Oh, okay. By the way, Henry Mudo celebrated one yesterday. I should give Did him a really? shout out. How, yeah. how old is Henry Mudo? Uh, I don't know exactly. Uh, I could not tell you offhand. Oh. Um, but uh, so yeah. happy, Henry, birthday. happy birthday, Henry. Yeah. Please don't send us any more emails questioning our rules, no, decisions, or anything. Well, no, you can send I'm emails. That's fine. Yeah. Actually, I mean, just send them to, to Balky. Okay. Yes. Thank you. I don't email Dave. Um, okay. So the other thing I want to bring up tonight is normally this is the time where I would say, Hey, we'll be live next Friday. Here's our guest. We will be live next Friday, but we're going to be live before that coming up this Sunday at eight, seven central. We'll have live broadcast, uh, a live broadcast of the 2020 FFPC pros versus Joe's slim shady league. Number one. You can follow the draft board on youtube.com slash high stakes fantasy football. You can listen in to the, excuse me, the pick by pick coverage again, starting at eight, seven central, the pros that we're going to have Sunday night, uh, rotoballer, Scott Engel, big guy, fantasy sports, Bob Lung, Pat Thorman from established the run, Addison Hayes over at dynasty league football, Todd Burroughs, former guest of the show. No one cares. The run to daylight podcast. And of course the <laughs> aforementioned Sigmund Bloom from football guys, oh. the Joes, Dave. Oh yeah. Sorry. Now we care. Uh, the next high-stakes lowdown uh, guest, Jimmy Wagner, will be uh, drafting Sunday night. What a coincidence. Tom Greenwald, the two-time football guys regular season champ, is going to be in that draft along with John Anderson. Richard Mallon, of course, FFPC favorite. Mallon's invaders. Uh, uh, yep. Uh, who's the uh, one you said before, Mallon's? John, John Anderson is going to oh, be yeah, drafting he's great. What's well. his, He's a Cleveland Browns fan. Uh, is he really? Yeah, I think you might be right, actually. Yeah. Um, Matthew Zimmer, Matt Stewart are going to be sharing a team along with uh, former guests of the show, Ryan Poole and Lou Tranquilli. They will both be uh, sharing a team 
Uh, my money's on the Joes. This is going to be a tough field for the pros. A uh, reminder uh, to everybody, always. We, uh, we got good news from the NFL today. Take advantage of that before those uh, flight uh, prices go up, before the room. Well, I guess the rooms in Vegas won't go up as long as you book with uh, the FFPC. Make sure you check out the FFPC e-newsletter, the FFPC blog, uh, the FFPC main event page on myffpc.com for that link, and you can get hooked up on your room. Remember, $400 off each additional main event team's Three days until the early draft slot deadline. Make sure you're getting that in before Monday uh, at midnight. Football guys, Terminator, Best Ball Dynasty Startup. Sign up for the midnight draft tonight. Your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I'm saying hi to all the duties from around the world. Yeah, cause I got all of them strong jack. My girls are like boomerangs. No matter how far I throw them, they come back. I'm coming straight out to NYC. I'm down with digging in the crates and I'm in VP. If rap was the game, I'll be in I should have mentioned um, one of the participants we had in the chat room tonight was the prognosticator, and I didn't give him a shout-out in the air. I feel like uh, that might be the last time he shows up. Oh, who cares? <laughs> he oh, left he's... early anyways. Oh, he did? I thought he stayed for the whole thing. No, I mean, he left. he's not listening now. He just wanted to hear David Taylor and then and then uh, cut out, which is totally fine. Yeah, we I mean, get it. Yeah, he, you know, he has a wife. What does he want to say? I'm listening to this the whole time. Uh, well, I mean, it's a nice departure, right? That's true. Bucky, um, uh, real quick, I'm doing yeah. a um, I'm doing a Peloton FTP test tomorrow. Oh yeah, what, what does FTP stand for? Functional threshold power. I'm trying to get my power up. Uh huh. So I'm I'm nervous. Why Why would you be nervous? Uh, you know what I, happens if you don't? Nothing. Do they cut off a toe? I don't no know. No one how, cares. I don't know how. Uh, how I'm trying, this is This is my wrestling. This is what I'm trying to achieve. Ah, I got gotcha. you. I probably shouldn't have had any wine tonight, but that's okay. Uh, a little wine will help you with the weigh-in tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Uh, and Ronald Jones, if you're listening, um, feel free. Don't suck. Feel free to lose me some money because I'm rooting for you, buddy. <laughs>